Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to cover on today's edition of the podcast. News coming out from different sources yesterday about BYU players either hanging up their cleats or rumored to be sitting out this upcoming season. So a number of things to recap in that regard for you on today's podcast. We also need to talk a little bit about BYU and Kalani Sitake's contract extension. A lot of people made some hullabaloo this podcast included that Kalani Sitake has not yet received a contract extension. We'll talk about one reason that it may uh, be held up, and that is with regards to BYU's record against their chief rivals. And I thought it was a great piece from Jeff Hansen of 24-7 Sports discussing this, and we'll break that down a little bit more in depth on today's podcast, as well as getting to our Church and State Player Countdown Series, talking about Keenan Ellis, a sophomore defensive back, a guy who's expected to have a big role on BYU's team this coming year. We'll profile him on today's podcast as well. Today's podcast brought to you by our good friends at Bombas as well as the brand new Locked On NFL show right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll tell you about both of those properties here in just a little bit. And with that, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for July 30th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for taking the time to download the show on a Tuesday. Let's start off with some of the roster news and notes coming out from the woodwork for BYU. And it's kind of been expected that this stuff would be coming along. Uh, there were a couple that I had heard rumblings about, but I was waiting until BYU opened fall camp. We could talk to coaches before breaking them. But as other reports have emerged, we'll go ahead and talk about them. I think the most notable is the junior college transfer Eric Ellison will not be joining BYU this coming season. The report officially coming, or well, I guess initially coming, from Mitch Harper at kslsports.com Mitch does a great job. If you guys have another podcast you guys want to check out in terms of if you're listening for BYU stuff check out Cougar Tracks. He does a great job. He's rebuilt that podcast in his own image, what he's decided to do with it and he's done a fantastic job. He's a dear friend of mine and does a bang up job working for kslsports.com as their chief BYU reporter over there, but he says that Eric Ellison will be missing this upcoming season with BYU. Uh, He says that he'll be planning on using his redshirt season at his junior college before trying to enroll at BYU in January. It screams to me that all of the credits that Eric Ellison um, was working to get done at the junior college level to transfer to BYU and play right away did not come through. Maybe he fell to class or the grades just weren't high enough for BYU's liking. He's needed to take some back over. So he'll be redshirting this upcoming season and then he'll be trying to join BYU in the fall. And it's a loss for BYU because at cornerback, they also reportedly have lost Austin McChesney to, due to multiple knee injuries. And then he also has a family. He's decided to move on with his life. Of course, he's the older brother of incoming BYU running back uh, Jackson McChesney and Austin was a guy that came off his mission and was immediately in the two deep for Kalani Sitake's defense as a freshman. Had a big interception against Cincinnati a couple of years ago, but he had two major knee injuries in back-to-back years, and he's decided that his playing career is over. He announced that on Twitter last night. He was a guy who's kind of slated with the knee injuries probably to move to safety and help shore up that position, but without a scholarship and a growing family, I think he recently got married and had a kid, he decided, that, hey, I'm, I'm stepping away. So there was a two players that thin out BYU's secondary 
Bestiary heading into the 2019 season. And it makes for an interesting conundrum with Diane Gonwoluku now. Because Eric Ellison was expected to come in alongside Dimitri Gallo, one of his junior college teammates, and really help bolster BYU's cornerback depth and make it possible for Diane Gonwoluku to play safety full-time this coming season. But it appears probably that Diane will be at least splitting time between the two positions. And it would not surprise me if he ends up as a starter day one against Utah at cornerback for the Cougars. And that's nothing against Diane. I think he's a great cornerback, but I think his pro future is at the safety position. So it would have been nice to see him get some time in the defensive backfield at either strong or free safety to show NFL scouts what he can do. They'll have to kind of translate his skills as a cornerback and really look at what he can do as a safety at the next level in my mind. But like I said, Diane Gonwoluku is very capable at the cornerback position. I think he'll be able to help BYU there and really make things easy on them. It's kind of looking more and more like that Chris Wilcox will be redshirting this upcoming season, making the move of Diane Gonwoluku to cornerback all the more imperative. Chris Wilcox, I think, also has a future in the pro ranks as a cornerback, but if he's not 100% healthy, and let's say he's only like 60 or 75% by the time the fall camp is midway through, there's no reason to rush him out there, put him through a, his final season and say, well, good luck to you. Let him heal up, come back in 2020, compete for playing time, and then pursue his pro aspirations. He has a redshirt year available, and it wouldn't surprise me. And like I said, it's looking more and more likely after he had to go un- undergo a second surgery right around spring ball that he probably won't be full go during fall camp. And I think that it might even take till midseason before he was ultimately ready to contribute at a high level, the level that BYU fans have come to expect from him so I would expect that you probably see him redshirt and that makes BYU's cornerback depth even more dicey in terms of just getting bodies there so more and more likely Diane Gonwoluku probably going to play his final season in a BYU uniform at the cornerback position but the nice part is BYU at the safety spot has a lot of talent Austin Lee is going to be a stalwart for BYU a guy who I think has a pro future at the position he's going to be joined by Sawyer Powell who's back for his sixth year after regaining that year from the NCAA as well as Malik Moore and Austin Confensis is also right there so they've got plenty of bodies at the safety position that they feel like can contribute at a high level so making Diane available to to the cornerbacks group is not a major loss, but it is unfortunate that Diane won't be able to get that time to show what he can do at safety. I still think there are options if guys like D'Angelo Mandel and Keenan Ellis, who are going to profile on today's podcast, step up and prove that they can be that every down cornerback for BYU, that you could make Diane more of a hybrid guy where he plays some safety and some cornerback and it allows him to show his skills at both positions. But that's a really big if right now with a guy like Chris Wilcox looking more and more likely to sit out. Troy Warner's status very much up in the air as well. He's been dealing with a recurring Liz Frank injury, and it's just an injury that some guys come back from. Taysom Hill has has returned and played at an extremely high level after one year of recovery. The hope was that Troy Warner would do similar, but he's been hobbled by it at different points during the last couple of different camps that BYU's had. Fall camp, spring camp, etc. So his status is also up in the air. You could see two guys, Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner, who who were expected to contribute for BYU as seniors this upcoming season ultimately redshirting this year and it wouldn't be surprising in the least to me personally and I think a lot of BYU fans who pay attention to this those of you that listen to this podcast I don't think it would be all that surprising to you to see them redshirt but it allows the younger players on this roster the ability to step up and really show what they can do and I think that ultimately would prove to be beneficial for the Cougars but 
there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to fall camp. There'll be plenty more coming out with guys uh, either not on the roster come opening day of fall camp, guys expected to join the team once school starts, etc. So stay tuned for that. We'll have that covered for you. Players are reporting today getting their uh, their fall camp Christmas as they go through the the athletic training rooms and the equipment rooms picking up all their new gear from Nike etc. I saw some guys posting on social media last night it's Christmas Eve and it truly is they get all kinds of awesome gear from Nike on the opening day of camp so they're going to report today first media availability expected to be tomorrow and we'll be out there covering it for you from top to bottom but some interesting moving parts Eric Ellison not going to be part of BYU's football program this fall hoping to enroll in January Austin McChesney deciding to move on with life and end his playing career and then it looks more and more like that Chris Wilcox is going to redshirt and Troy Warner status very much up in the air entering fall camp. So interesting times in the BYU defensive backfield, but the nice part is I think there's plenty of depth there. The coaching staff at BYU has done a good job prioritizing recruiting athletes at these different positions, safeties and cornerbacks, to allow them to have the ability to accommodate these losses but not have a drop-off in play in theory. We'll see how it proves out over the upcoming fall camp as well as the early part of the season. All right, we will take step aside here, come back on the other side, uh, catch up on some news when it comes to BYU uh, head coach Kalani Sitake and his contract status. I, I wonder what is holding up BYU giving him a contract extension. That's just my personal opinion. But there was an interesting piece on CougarSportsInsider.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, where Jeff Hansen talks about one of the main theories behind why Kalani Sitake likely hasn't received that contract extension. And it has to do with BYU's record against their chief rivals and I think it's a very pertinent conversation we need to have we'll also get some thoughts from BYU uh, football columnist from the Daily Herald Darnell Dixon who was on the Zone Sports Network yesterday and his thoughts on why Kalani Sitake hasn't gotten that contract extension as well so that's all coming up next right here on Locked On Cougars before we go though we do want to remind you guys that Bombas is one of today's sponsors on the Locked On Cougars podcast they're the most comfortable socks in the history of feet plus for every Bombas purchase they donate a pair to someone in need so you're getting the most comfortable socks but you're also helping somebody else who needs a pair of socks find out more about what feet daydream about at bombas.com slash locked today and get 20 percent off at bombas.com slash locked check them out guys bombas.com proud partner of the locked on podcast network and locked on cougars Welcome back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. A reminder for you guys that this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and the Himalaya Podcast app. Fantastic new features going on all the time with all these new podcast apps. A lot of them adding new categories. And you guys giving us those good ratings and reviews that we've asked for over the past year or so have really helped the profile of this podcast really come up a lot. So want to thank you guys who have already put in your ratings and reviews if you guys don't mind who haven't done it if you're new to the podcast just coming on board with us here on locked on cougars please give us a favorable review that five-star review especially on apple Podcasts, is worth its weight in podcast gold and i thank you guys in advance for your help when it comes to raising the profile of this podcast we've seen our download numbers skyrocket in the past couple of weeks and that's not surprising with byu fall camp beginning officially today first media availability scheduled for tomorrow all right jeff hand 
Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider, another good friend of mine, does great work at CougarSportsInsider.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. I would encourage you guys, if you guys want inside information you can't find anywhere else, because Jeff is one of the most connected BYU reporters out there, especially when it comes to the recruiting game, subscribe to 24-7 Sports. I used to work for 24-7 Sports and Scout, and I've got a dear, a dear, uh, I guess a soft spot for what they do over there, and Jeff Hansen does a great job, and he's been doing a series uh, with a buy and sell uh, series on 247sports.com and Cougar Sports Insider, and he had an interesting conversation he wrote about saying, buy or sell, BYU finishes with a winning record against rivals, and that's a big time conversation piece right now when it comes to Kalani Sitake and the reasons maybe why he hasn't received a contract extension at this point of his career at BYU. Uh, since 2016, with Kalani Sitake taking over at BYU, BYU is 1-8 against Utah, Utah State, and Boise State, who are their three stated regional rivals. 1-8 is an awful record against your opponents. The only win is a win over Utah State. You are... <laughs> One and eight. It's just it's awful, plain and simple. And uh, one of the, the the one caveat to this is a lot of these games have been closed. BYU and Utah have always played down to the wire. Utah State has had some battles from BYU, and it always seems that Boise State and BYU comes down to some fluke ending and. That's just how it goes. So BYU is looking to really rectify that record, and I think that's one of the sticking points when it comes to Tom Homo and the rest of BYU administration in terms of their negotiating with Kalani Sitake on a contract extension. I've said it before, and I'll say it again on this podcast, that Kalani Sitake is deserving of a contract extension. If for no other reason than, guess what? Who else are you going to go get for BYU? There's a very narrow candidate pool for the head coaching position at BYU. You have to be an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That makes the pool extremely small in the college football ranks. And I think Kalani Satake right right among the top of that very small pool. Of course, there'd be people throwing out guys like Ken Niamatololo uh, at Navy. Well, he took an interview with BYU, but apparently isn't interested in leaving the Naval Academy anytime soon. Uh, There's some guys up at the University of Utah who may be in the conversation down the road, uh, like a Morgan Scowley, but he's a lifer at the University of Utah. Does he want to go 40 miles south and be the new head coach at BYU? Nobody really knows. So there's there's an interesting conundrum going on. Justin Enna, a former BYU player just became the the defensive coordinator at Utah State University. Kelly Papinga is now the co-DC out at Virginia under Bronco Mendenhall. Hall. There's not a lot of names out there when it comes to BYU and their ability to attract a new head coach and that's why I think that Kalani Satake with his stated ambition to make BYU a great uh, college football program once again, his genuine love for the university that he played for, he bled for, he went out and put everything on the line for I think he's deserving of a contract extension, and I would go something similar to what Hawaii did with Nick Rolovich recently. Rolovich came on at the same time as BYU, has led uh, Hawaii to two bowl games in the past three seasons, and received a two-year extension. Uh, essentially, it's a one-year extension with a with a option year on the end of it, and that's what Kalani Satake is looking at right now. He's going, entering the final year of his guaranteed deal with BYU. It was reported to be a five-year deal with the final year being an option for the school to pick up. 
So Kalani Sitake, he's going to be battling against some negative recruiting this coming season with opposing coaches telling recruits, well, you're going to you go to BYU. Is there any guarantee that Kalani's going to be there long term? And that's kind of the issue that BYU is facing. But this record uh, of one and eight versus the regional rivals, I think it absolutely plays a role in why BYU's administration has kind of been slow playing a contract extension for Kalani Sitake. Can he go out and maybe put up a, a two and one record this coming season, beating Boise? State, Utah State, and maybe losing to Utah or any combo of that. Going two and one, three and zero would be awesome. I think if he goes three and zero against his regional rivals this coming season, BYU is probably in line for an eight win season, like we've talked about, kind of being the goal for BYU this year. And I think that contract extension is very much on the fast track at that point. But he's got to go out and prove it. I've said it that I think that this team for BYU is severely underrated. I think there's a lot of depth at key positions. I think they have found their quarterback who's going to lead them to new heights once again in Zach Wilson barring any significant injury to him or significant injuries elsewhere. I think the BYU is on the right track. Solani Satake has learned from some of the early missteps in his BYU tenure. And I think he is in line to get that contract extension. But a 1-8 record versus your regional rivals is absolutely something that needs to be discussed, looked at, and resolved at the highest levels under BYU's administration to feel like they're comfortable having Kalani Satake be the head coach going forward of the BYU football program. But like I said, I believe that Kalani Satake is best suited for this job right now. I don't see a ready-made candidate to come in and take over and rebuild once again after Kalani Satake were to be let go, etc. I just don't see somebody out there in the coaching ranks who checks all the boxes, has got significant coordinator or head coaching position or head coaching experience at the collegiate level, maybe Jay Hill aside up at Weber State, that checks all the boxes of being an active member of the church, etc. to come in and lead BYU. And there's no guarantee a guy like Jay Hill would be willing to step into all of the different things that BYU requires in terms of the recruiting restrictions you have with the honor code, etc. So massive, massive conversation to be paid attention to this coming season. But I feel like if BYU puts up a winning record, if not an undefeated record against their regional rivals this coming fall, I think that would really help uh, the administration at BYU feel like, okay, Kalani has learned from some of the early missteps in his tenure and he's really ready to step forward and be the long-term head coach of this football program, but it is incumbent upon BYU as a football program to go out and prove that this coming season. And it's really important for Kalani Satake because like I said, the guy genuinely loves being at BYU. He wants to be at BYU and the plain and simple I think he's deserving of that contract extension, but I completely understand why BYU's administration, Tom Homo, etc., may be slow playing things a little bit in terms of trying to get him to prove it on the field that he's deserving of that contract extension. And it'll be an interesting conversation piece throughout this upcoming season and on into next offseason because it's I, I just wonder how it's all going to go. Is BYU going to pick up that option year at some point this season, or will they let the year play out before deciding on that? A lot of moving parts when it comes to Kalani Sitake and his coaching Uh, future at BYU but I am hopeful he goes out and proves it on the field and they have no choice in terms of the BYU administration in terms of giving giving him that contract extension because I think he's deserving of it and I feel like he's the right guy for the job at BYU. All right, we will step aside here, come back on the other side, catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports. Need to go to our Church and State Player Countdown Series, talking about Keenan Ellis on today's podcast as well. That's all coming up next. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys to check 
check out the brand new Locked On NFL podcast with expert analysis from former NFL scout Matt Williamson. It's also hosted by Brian Peacock, who does a great job with the Locked On 49ers podcast as well. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique takes on the game. So check it out, guys. Training camps are well underway. Matt Williamson is very connected. He's a former scout at the National Football League level. Does a great job covering the sport. So check out the brand new Locked On NFL podcast. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is also a part of what we're doing here with Locked On Cougars. podcast want to remind you guys to follow the show on social media please follow locked on cougars on facebook instagram and twitter you can follow my personal twitter feed at jacob c hatch thank you once again for your support of the podcast on social media and otherwise it's a blast to bring this to you guys each and every day all right, as we close out today's edition of the podcast, let's talk about sophomore defensive back Keenan Ellis from San Diego, California and Bonita Vista High School, a guy who I think is going to be a big part of what BYU is trying to do in the defensive backfield, particularly at cornerback this coming season. We talked about in the first segment how there are a lot of moving parts. Eric Ellison not expected to enroll at BYU this fall. Um, Chris uh, Wilcox could be redshirting this coming season. Austin McChesney stepping away from the playing field. Well, that opens up an opportunity opportunity for Keenan Ellis to really step forward and show what he can do. He has nine career total tackles during his time at BYU. A guy that has all of the size and ability to be one of those cornerbacks that BYU fans have come to expect under Kalani Sitake's tenure. Six foot, 175 pounds, has the ability to run that sub-11 second 100 meter dash that BYU coaches covet so highly. And I feel like he's got an opportunity now to step up and really be a part of this BYU secondary, in particular the cornerbacks group, and really help bolster the depth. Guys like Dimitri Gallo are expected to enroll at BYU as a junior college cornerback who's going to come in and is probably expecting to come in and show what he can do but Keenan Ellis played in 12 games last year finished with those nine total tackles had two pass breakups he was limited in some uh, at some points during the season last year but I'm hopeful that he's able to stay healthy this coming season because if he's healthy and guys like D'Angelo Mandel and Keenan Ellis step up at cornerback that's going to make BYU's roster versatility on the back end of their defense particularly at the cornerback group like I've said it's going to make them all the more dangerous and a guy like Keenan Ellis has got all of the opportunity this coming season to prove that he has what it takes to be a lockdown corner for BYU so he is number 30 in our uh, 100 one countdown getting ready for BYU in Utah 30 days from today in uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium as the Holy War game the church and state rivalry is played out to kick off the college football season it's getting close folks we're under a month now today number 30 day number 30 and we're profiling sophomore defensive back Keenan Ellis expect to be a big part of the cornerback rotation this coming season and here's to wishing him nothing but good health and the ability to show the coaching staff that he has what it takes to be that lockdown corner that BYU wants all right there you go that is today's edition of the podcast please follow 
along. Give us a good rating and review. Check out bombas.com slash locked. Save 20% on the best socks in the world and also help somebody out in need as well as checking out the Locked On NFL podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll catch you tomorrow. We're expected to catch up with Christian Capel from The Athletic to talk about the Washington Huskies. What do they expect to retool this coming season as BYU welcomes them in to Lavelle Edwards Stadium in week four of the season? We'll get his take on the Huskies and their rebuilding project under Chris Peterson on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. And then we're going to be out there tomorrow evening. Stay tuned to social media for live look-ins at BYU Fall Camp. We'll have interviews, coaches' interviews, player interviews, everything top to bottom covered for you right here on your daily podcast, all focused on BYU. Thanks again for joining us. This has been Locked on Cougars for July 30th, 2019.